This is Tyler from the Free Thinker Podcast. Recently, a new movie was released which pit the son of Krypton, Superman, versus the bat of Gotham, Batman. For those of us who are not comic book fiends, this raised a lot of questions. I mean, how could Batman even possibly stand a chance against Superman? I mean, even with the best metal suit in the world, um, he's fighting a being which could fly so fast around the Earth that he turned back time. He can stop bullets. He can stop speeding trains. I mean, we suspend disbelief when we watch these movies, but the newest installment seemed to go a little too far. For those of you like me, you expressed your questions at such apparent plot twists on social media and were surprised by the answers that you got. Well, Batman is actually a villain who's willing to do evil and he could exploit Superman's rigid ethical code to defeat him. Batman might have kryptonite. Superman could lose by self-sacrifice in order to accomplish a greater good and so on and so forth. What is actually happening here is that the fans of the comics and the series are responding to a very specific kind of objection that I'm presenting. Without knowing it, I had posed an internal critique of the film. I was an outsider with an outsider's limited understanding. I was protesting from a position of ignorance for sure, but I was also protesting from within the DC world. Notice I was not saying, well, that's dumb. Superman doesn't exist. What I was saying was, in essence, okay, for the sake of argument, let's say that the DC world does exist. Well, in that world, there's no way that Batman could hold a candle to Superman. I'm offering a, an objection where I allow the overriding disbelief of the narrative to be put on the back burner and engage from within the world I am objecting to. Doing this, however, opens up to a kind of valid response from my interlocutor. They too are allowed to answer from within that world. They can take features, aspects, plot lines, backstories, different narrative contexts, and so forth from the DC world to answer why the newest installment is actually not a contradiction, but that it is my limited outsider understanding of Batman and Superman as franchises that is causing me to understand what is happening in the story and leading me to posit an invalid objection. Unbelievers do this all the time when they object to the Bible. And a lot of times Christians aren't able to recognize it. How often have you been mocked because you believe in a moral monster of a God who commands genocide? Or that God is evil for commanding Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Or that the, a loving God wouldn't flood the earth in judgment. And so on and so forth. Well, the problem with these objections is that they're internal critiques and they've gone horribly awry. In order for these objections to be valid, they must assume the biblical storyline for the sake of argument. This means that the skeptic doesn't have to believe that God exists and really, in history, commanded Israel to conquer Canaan. But their protest is, in effect, assuming that God exists and the Bible is accurate that God commanded Israel to conquer Canaan, then God is a moral monster for doing so. 
Well, at that point, the Christian is absolutely free to help themselves to any biblical text, concept, narrative, history, theology, or any other type of context or conceptual component that they want. Because the skeptic is assuming the Bible world to be true for the sake of argument, the Christian is at liberty to use any aspect of that world to answer the objection. This means that they can point to the holiness of God, his omniscience about the human heart, his right place as judge over all of humanity, the nature of sin and its natural consequence of death, that God is not a respecter of persons and that it is only by his sheer grace that any of us continue to take our next breath. The wickedness of the Canaanites with their violent oppression of the poor, their vile cultic practices of forced child prostitution and human sacrifice, often burying their children alive in earthen vessels, and so on and so forth. We have all of those resources and more to answer the question. At that point, the skeptic may want to say, oh, well, I don't believe the Bible is true, so I don't accept that answer. And that's fine. They don't need to accept the Bible as true. However, if they are reasonable and honest, they will accept that their original internal critique is not valid. If they present the internal critique, then we are free to respond with all of the aspects of the Bible that are relevant to the task to show that there actually is no contradiction or moral issue within the text that they propose. They may wish to back out and say that they don't accept the Bible, but no one doubted that from them in the very beginning anyway. They're an unbeliever. Of course they don't. But their objection that God is a moral monster, for example, has been defeated. They cannot then help themselves to the conclusion of that objection as a part of an overall cumulative case to the Bible or to Christianity because that objection as an internal critique was defeated. They may want to say that the Bible is just as mythical as Batman versus Superman, which they would need to defend on other grounds, and yes, that is a positive claim that they would have a burden of proof to defend, but what they cannot do is defend that claim by appealing to the results of their failed internal critiques. They can't say that the Bible is just as mythical because, look, the God is a moral monster. Well, as we've seen, that objection, that internal critique, has a defeater. So the next time someone comes to you making objections to the nature and character of God and his activities presented to us in the Bible about his engagements in human history, you don't have to shy away from bringing the full counsel of God to bear on that issue. You're allowed to. In fact, the skeptic has delivered that right to you on a big kryptonite 